BBN. Welcome into another episode of Believe in Kentucky. Got an absolute legend on here today. Y'all all know this voice. Look, not Buzz Aldrin, not Buzz Peterson, not Buzz Williams, not oh. Buzz Lightyear. We got the one and only Buzz Baker in here. Buzz, I am honored to have you on here this evening, man. How are you, sir? I'm great, Vinny. How are you doing? Can't complain. Can't complain. You probably heard this many times, but you're literally the, my UK fandom is not without hearing your voice, man. I mean, I've, you know, the pregame shows, the tape delay games, the sure, you know, the whole, all the different things you've done, and you know, it's just an honor to have you and to be able to chop it up with you for just a minute, man. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I, I, on the one hand, you know, that's that's great to hear. On the other hand, it reminds me just how old I am. But they're both good. I, I kind of thought that might maybe I think if I say that he might take it that way. All oh, good. I got you're still that. here, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. Well, you're getting to catch your breath for a minute. It's we have supposedly off seasons before football starts, but that's not really nope. even true anymore, is it? No, you know, uh, I mean they've just you know we had a bunch of recruits in uh, this weekend. We just finished up the last of the state high school stuff uh, last night with the uh, championship in baseball. And then the girls state softball championship was this afternoon. And so I don't know, you know, you get, you get back, you get people on campus already that are back. The basketball players just got back. And then uh, you're down in Birmingham for SEC meetings with the second or third week of July. And all of a sudden it's here. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many, with you covering everything, you, I mean, you're you're dipping and and hearing this and there. You just mentioned the high school stuff is ending. Uh, the basketball team is back. Football will be here before you know it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, high school basketball. You know, down here in my neck of the woods, I'm from Harlan sure. County originally. Trent Noah now transfers to North Lowell to, to team up with Reed Shepherd. So that's. You know, it's nonstop and it's just, it's always something. I'm going to, I'm going to go back just a couple weeks, but it seems like an eternity. You know how the news cycle is now. Sure. With your four decades of covering the sports, everybody was just in shock with the Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher and their little war words and Jimbo's press conference and all that. Did that remind you of anything that you had seen? Was there anything to compare to it from your time of covering coaches when maybe it had more personality than they do now? Did it remind you of anything seeing that little spat they were having a few weeks ago? You know, I I don't know that it was that much of a spat. I think it was just I think it was just two guys kind of protecting their territory. I mean, you've had coaches that, that really don't like each other. I mean, Jimbo and Nick really like each other. I mean, uh, Jimbo was Nick's offensive coordinator on that 2017 LSU championship team. Um, uh, you know, they're, they're both guys that are from West Virginia, you know, so they've got a lot of common interests and a lot of common values. Um, what, what happened when all that stuff came out? Uh, I believe it's the World University Games that Birmingham is hosting. And Nick made those remarks at a, you know, uh, cocktail function or whatever some everybody was coming together um like in the middle of the week all the business leaders down there to get ready for the world university games so i don't think it was directed at jimbo at all i think it was directed at his own booster base and basically what he was saying is hey guys look what they're doing and and if you want to keep up with what we're doing we're gonna have to do what they're doing and and so then so then jimbo 
mm-hmm. you know, he comes back and he defends his turf and, uh, you know, they kissed and made up, so to speak, down at the, down at the SEC spring meetings last week uh, down in Sandestin. Uh, but, you know, I, I think everybody's dealing with it. Everybody's trying to figure out how to, uh, how to navigate these waters. And I think some guys are going to adjust to it and they're going to thrive in it. Some people, I think, quite frankly, like uh, like a Roy Williams, uh, like a Mike Shashevsky, uh, like uh, uh, like uh, the guy at Villanova, Jay Wright. I, mm-hmm. I think those guys, they don't want to deal with it. And so they've gotten out. And I think we're going to see much more transition uh, in the major sports with this in the next few years. I got you. Now, born and raised. Franklin, Ohio is home mm-hmm. just on the other side of Cincinnati, not not far from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Go to college in Georgetown, but growing up, were you in Kentucky a lot? What was your perception of the state to the south? Did you have family oh, gosh. here or what? You know, you know, I didn't really grow up a Kentucky fan, but I was down here all the time. My my, my mom was from Owsley County. Okay. Dad was from Hazard. Like so many people in southwestern Ohio, their folks were from Eastern Kentucky and went there to, uh, to get jobs when work kind of dried up. Uh, my mom's dad, my papa, uh, worked a front end loader and helped build a lot of the mountain parkway. Uh, and, uh, my dad had worked, uh, you know, my grandfather ran a boarding house in hazard. Uh, he worked in a coal mine in Hyden, uh, and he ran a bunch of moonshine. And so dad went up to Southwest Ohio looking for work. And we all worked in, you know, up there at that time, there were, there was Armco Steel, there were a bunch of auto plants and there were paper mills and we worked in the paper mills and uh, it, it paid for my college. And so I'm blessed for that, but easily, easily two weekends a month, you know, we'd be in the car heading South to see grandparents. Mm. And this is before, the mountain parkway was built. This is before there was air conditioning in cars. And this is when my dad would knock off about a pack and a half of Winston's on the way down. So, you know, when you were driving those snaky roads, you'd be green by the time you got down there. But, uh, you know, those weekends are some of my favorite memories. So, so there were a lot of Kentucky fans up there and there's still a ton of Kentucky fans up there. Now I, I didn't grow up like that. You know, Ohio state was the big dog up there in football uh, back there in the Woody Hayes days. So, you know, I didn't have a lot of exposure at all uh, to uh, Kentucky football. And, and and I knew a little bit about Kentucky basketball, but, y- you know, you didn't have any SPN or anything, so you didn't get it a lot. So we got – we just got a ton of, like, Dayton games, Miami of Ohio games, and we would see some Ohio State games. But those are, those are primarily the games we saw, except for the big networks like CBS and whatever their game of the week was. Got to take a second to tell y'all about our good friends at La Terrain. La Terrain Watches been sponsoring this podcast for a very long time. Dave and Ben have been doing their thing at La Terrain, and we are proud to be able to talk about them on this podcast. If you haven't been to LaTerrain.com, take a second to check out the website. You got the Voyager, the Atlas Ocean Midnight, the Seafair, the Subnautica, just many of the available styles that you can go and select for yourself. They got watches for men, watches for ladies, accessories. You want to go casual, you want to go formal, you want to change out a band, you want to do this, you want to do that. You can do it all at LaTerrain.com. If you have questions, 
put the question into the chat. Dave himself, the owner, will get back to you and answer your question so you can make an informed purchase. So go to LaTorraine.com, L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com, LaTorraine. Tell them you heard about them on the Believe in Kentucky podcast. Absolutely. You mentioned- I guess it was NBC at that time. It was NBC, yeah. Hmm. You mentioned Dayton, your fellow Ohioan, part of UK Network. The Pratt man himself is from there. I know you mm-hmm. went to see him last week. How is how is he doing, and and how's his his progress? I, I didn't get to go because we had state baseball. Tom and Jimmy Barnhart, our engineer, went. I've talked to Mike uh, within the last week. It's uh, you know he's been battling cancer for about three years, and and he's he's one of the greatest guys around. And I was I was just uh, humbled to see Cal step up and. He and his wife, you know, match uh, match the first fifty thousand um, dollars. I don't think it's any secret that uh, Mike has been through a couple of bouts of this, and um, he's actually going to Mexico and is going to receive a treatment that's not yet approved by the FDA. So when you do that, it's not covered by insurance, and that's why uh, that that's why you know you need the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, he was going through this before the season and then during the season. And, and the last time I was with him personally was uh, the night after the NCAA draw. Uh, the UK Alumni Club, Mark Krebs, uh, is a big part of that in Louisville. They had a deal to break down the brackets. And I was there with, with Jack Gibbons and with Dan Issel and with Mike. And, you know, you could, you could tell he wasn't feeling his best. Um, but he, he was just battling through it, wanted to be with fans and, and all those folks. And, uh, you know, we're just, we're just praying for a miracle. And, and, and I believe in those and, uh, God, uh, God performs miracles every day and let's hope he performs one for Mike. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, when you finish up college at Georgetown and then you, you transfer over to WKYT, mm-hmm. um, you your first day, your first weeks, what was that like? And did you see yourself saying, this is, this is where I want to be. I'm, you know, got your ties to Kentucky already. Sure. Think about playing roots there at that time. Were you like open to what was, what was young day? Baker? You know, it was, it, it was one of those things, Vinny, where, um, you know, I, I didn't have a job two weeks before I graduated. And then, uh, there was an opening that popped up and, uh, you know, I, I, I just thought I'd hit life's lottery because I, I was getting paid to, to do what I love doing. It wasn't a King's ransom. If you ever come to the station and uh, look at the uh, cork board, um, you know, uh, to the right of my desk, I've got a bunch of pictures of my kids. And I, I, I'm a guy that I'm not a hoarder, but I keep a lot of stuff. Mm. So I've got the per- first pay stub I ever got, which was for $4 and 25 cents an hour. And again, I thought it was, I thought it was all the money in the world. And so it was great. I've just uh, been able to uh, do a lot of different things there throughout the years, both at the station and the station has supported me uh, doing other things like uh, like the UK pregame show, like some SEC basketball. I, I, I just couldn't be any happier. I'm I'm there for as long as uh, as long as they want me. there. And we've all seen, you know, various different videos, different humorous experiences you've been through. Yeah. Uh, in your estimation, what's the what's the coolest thing on camera that you've done? The coolest thing off camera because you you do work on and off the camera. What's the coolest things or, that stand out to you over your career? 
Well, I don't, I don't know about, I don't know about cool. Uh, you know, I, I've just been blessed to be able to do uh, a lot of different things. I've been able to cover uh, national championships, and World Series, uh, and bowl games. And uh, Tim, when he was up there uh, for the NFL draft, uh, I've gotten to interview uh, incredible coaches uh, and players. Uh, I've gotten to interview um, governors and senators and a president and, uh, and, and, and all sorts of different things. And then, and then, you know, I, I joke with people a lot, you know, uh, I'm probably the only guy uh, that interviewed Randall Cobb and Randall Tex Cobb. And, uh, you know, I, I've just made so many wonderful friends in the business and you've probably seen some of these videos, but early in my career, uh, Randy, the macho man, savage, after they shot their show, he would actually come in and edit it together on Friday morning uh, and would come up the office. Hey, anybody who's needed me. I mean, he was just getting started in the business. And just like just like we were, you know, he was he was kind of mastering his craft. And, uh, you know, even after he won that WWF title and was making money hand over fist. I mean, he was always the same guy. He asked about people at the station. And, and, and I'm not talking about the executives. He'd ask about them too, but he'd say, Hey, is so-and-so still working in the tape room? Is so-and-so still running camera? Uh, I mean, just a, just a wonderful, wonderful guy. And to me, that's, that's, that's the thing that stands out for me is, is all those relationships that I've made, uh, you know, on and off camera. They've, they've, they've been a real blessing. Maybe, maybe, maybe I misspoke when I said cool or. Would it... No, no, not at all. Would you consider it bucket list stuff to maybe you had hoped to maybe interview somebody and then you actually got to and or when it's all done, you you stand back and say, well, I really just talked to such and such. I really just covered such and such. You know, the, the thing about it is, is, is I don't want to sound coachy or anything, but but I think you just got to you just got to be ready for the moment. Coaches talk about it all the time. You never know when your number is going to be called. And uh, so when I was an intern at KYT. You know, I was looking to do stuff and all of a sudden a big storm ripped through Lexington and I was the uh, only person in the newsroom. So they sent me down to where there had been a bunch of damage and I talked about it live on the air, uh, which was really unusual for somebody like me to do that at that time. And fortunately, I didn't, you know, mess anything up or anything. And that afforded me uh, some more opportunities. Like I said, I was looking for an opportunity to, to work full time and a, and a job happened to open up. Uh, a couple of weeks uh, before I graduated. And then, um, you know, I was, uh, I'd always wanted to do play-by-play -play as well. And I had done a lot of work for uh, Raycom, Jefferson Pilot, whatever uh, the name was at the time. And when the kids were little, uh, I got a call from my boss, Jimmy Raven, good old Tennessee fella. He said, boy, what are you doing? I said, well, Jimmy, I said, I'm sitting here filling up sippy cups. What are you doing? He said, well, I need you down at the arena at one o'clock to do the game. And this was like about 1030 and David Steele, a uh, great play-by-play -play man who still does the games for the Orlando magic uh, had done a magic game the night before. I want to say up in New Jersey or something flown into Cincinnati and was going to drive down to Lexington to do the game. And we had gotten a storm and he stepped off the shuttle bus and hit a piece of ice and broke his ankle. And so, you know, something I've wanted to do all my life you know, I literally had no time to prepare for. It. And so fortunately I was, I was doing a game with Larry Conley, who's a, who's a great friend and a tremendous broadcaster. And he got me through it. 
and I, I forget the exact year, but it was when Tubby was there. Kentucky was playing South Carolina, and it was a great game. South Carolina missed a shot at the buzzer, and Kentucky won it. And so that that's kind of the thing. You just got to you, you just got to be ready. Sometimes what happens in this business, a lot of times, is you know you're just going from one thing to the next thing, and you never have a chance to go back and look at your work real. Uh, you know, it, it, it sounds like that coach speak thing, but you don't really have time to savor stuff or, you know, you just, you just got to get ready for the next thing in front of. And I've, you know, been in the game a long time too. I remember watching the, I think it was the SEC story, you know, their version of 30 for 30 on Steve Spurrier and him and his wife were talking and he's really hadn't taken time to look back either. Kind of like you just. Oh yeah, and forward, and now he's gonna. You know, when you retire, well, maybe now you know. Well, maybe now I look back at some of the cool stuff I did. Right? You know, yeah. Same thing for you. The way it sounds, you just just. Keep but on. but you know, I, I was you know I was getting out of I was getting out of church today, and yesterday was Rachel Lawson's birthday, the UK softball coach who does an amazing job, and I think she'd make a great baseball manager. I think she'd make a great baseball uh, a, a major league coach. I mean, she is that good. And so I sent her a text on the way home. I said, happy birthday. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm guessing you're watching tape or something. And she sends back this emoji, you know, pointing at the camera or whatever. And she goes, recruiting. And, you know, uh, just a lot of relationships with people like that that are, that are incredibly special. Absolutely. Now, like I said, and you've heard before, you know, heard you forever and for years doing all the different things. But mm-hmm. you're... Your delivery, man, your, your energy, you are always on 10. You are always, whether it's a liquor barn spot, whether it's pregame with Goose or Rex or all the different things you've done. Has it always been that way? Or do you, is that, you know, were you that way as a kid? Were you, was your mom like, man, Buzz, calm down. Was it, <laughs> where's that energy come from? It, I, I'll tell you, it's not a shtick. It's who I am. Uh, and my kids will tell you uh, that's, uh, that's who I am. Um, I, I just feel like, you know, I, you know, people talk about voices and things like that. I'm a little scratchy right now because of all these allergies and this heat, but you know, I, I, whatever people think of the voice, I've been blessed with it. It's nothing I've tried to develop or anything over the years. And, and, and I know for a fact that I'm loud. So that that's part of it too. But man, if you, if you just can't enjoy what you're doing, if, if doing stuff like this and going to arenas or, you know, they're, they're, and I don't want to start preaching or anything, but there's there's just so much stuff going on out there in the world, right? And the one thing that Kentucky basketball it has always been, Kentucky football, sports in general, it's at its best, it's a way for people to escape from the day-to-day grind. You know, you've seen those pictures and those paintings before where back in the day, you would have coal miners sitting around the coal stove listening to Kaywood do the games. Uh, you would uh, have countless stories before this proliferation of television of people in states all over the country that would go sit out in their cars and listen to Kaywood and Ralph on 50,000 watt uh, WHAS. And, and so it was, it was just a way for a moment where they could take their minds off whatever they were dealing with. And, I, and I've said this not only on on the UK side and the broadcasting side, but the stuff I do at WKYT as well. You know, usually when a news crew comes to town, it ain't a good thing. You know, there's some scandal or some tragedy or something's happened. But when the sports guys come to town, it's because you've got an amazing athlete. 
it's you've got a team that has overcome adversity and is having a great, great year. So so it's always to me a celebratory occasion like that. And and I have just always tried to um, some people may find it annoying. It's just who I am. It's no shtick. But but I think that that we just need people um, at, at times in their life just to celebrate what it is instead of bemoaning what we don't have. Exactly. I, I was listening to a podcast the other day and it was a, a person who had been doing news, you know, living in their car, moving every two or three years and mm-hmm. network. And they eventually got out of that work and, and they said it's it's the exact same grind as the sports guys without all the perks and the, the joy of it. Just like you like you said. I mean Sure, sure. And so they you know, you do have the game, you do have the fun, you do have the 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 pomp and circumstance, if you will, of the game, the hype, the anticipation. And so yeah, that's that's what we come for. I, I, you make me think about you know growing up of course Kwood and me being from Harlan County the state sure. but especially from my neck of the woods yeah uh, if my dad was working over in Virginia at the time crossing over in the in Big Stone Gap mm-hmm. over that way over in Appalachia and it was snowing 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 and you know I'm, my sister and I are young teenagers and, and my mom's just kind of praying to herself oh I just hope if if we lose the power hopefully your dad gets home but you know before it happens and so, Dad pulls into the driveway. The, we're all, we're, the Kentucky's playing that night. Dad walks into the house. Boom! Transformer pops. Like as soon as he gets home, oh. <laughs> so we end up, you know, you know, getting out some candles, a kerosene heater, listening to Kaywood on the radio. Still enjoyed the game, but you know, she got her wish. At least Dad made it home before we lost the power that night. Sure. Storm, but it's just one of those funny things. Everybody's got those. You know, specific memories listening to K Wood and you know, whatever the circumstances, snowstorm, no power, whatever, you still and, and, and you know that's 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 what attracts you uh, and attaches you to a team. And for everybody, it's a little bit different. And for everybody, um, you know, the circumstances uh in, in their life, they're certainly not the same. But it, it's that one thing that can bring people together. And, and individually, they can have so many different personal stories, but collectively, they have that same love for the team and the program. That's right. Now, um, let's see. Oh, got to ask you, too, um, being, you know, the young listeners, too, that, that may not know, mm-hmm. is it going to be like me asking somebody you know, with a broke arm, how'd you break your arm after the 14,000th time they get tired of it? But for the young listeners, how did the name Buzz come about? They may, they may not know how you got it. We're like, why are they? So- sure. I mean, I mean, it, it, it's easier. You know, it's funny. Everybody just thinks that there's a different story. And I've heard so many wild stories about how it happened. And people say that they, uh, they know how it happened. And I've been working, I, I don't know, maybe, three, couple, three years or something. I can't remember, but, um, uh, Rob Bromley is an all time. Great. Uh, who was my boss there at WKYT. You know, we had these old manual typewriters and we were banging out scripts for the late show and he's sitting there typing. He's like, we need a nickname. Buzz. I think we'll call you Bugs. And then, uh, somebody mentioned it down at a, basketball practice one day at UK and we were waiting to get interviews. Kay would pick up on it. He started using it. 
And then I guess it really kind of got out there to everybody when I was uh, when I was uh, doing the Jefferson Pilot Game of the Week. Uh, the whole crew was named Dave. Dave Neal was our play-by-play guy. Dave Rowe, who was a great player for the Raiders, was our analyst, and then me. So just kind of out of necessity, you know, they started picking it up and ran with it then. And, and a lot of people, a lot of people still use it. Doesn't bother me which one they use, but it, it's funny how many people still use it. Yeah. yeah. And for y'all that don't know, you can follow Dave on Twitter at Buzz Baker. So it's, that's there the, you go. Keeping it, keeping it going. <laughs> mm-hmm. In 2005, you get inducted into your high school Hall of Fame, the Franklin Senior High Hall of Fame. What was what was that honor like for you? Did you see it coming? Did you kind of have an idea that eh, maybe it's, they're going to do it? Or did it kind of catch you? No, by- I mean, it was, you know, listen, I'm very humble. But, you know, I was, it's it's because of what, it, what I've done here. I was a very, I was a very nominal player, dude. I mean, I, I, I tried hard, but I couldn't do much. Um, one of the guys that was inducted with me, uh, in, uh, in that class, uh, was a fellow named Rick Carpenter, who was a great baseball player, came and played down at Georgetown. Um, and he and his wife, Tammy were our house parents over the dorm over there. And then he got a coaching job in high school and, uh, moved to Texas. And that's where he had a couple of boys who were pretty good high school players. And you might know one Matt Carpenter who just signed with, uh, with the Yankees, uh, we still claim Matt, even though he wasn't born up there in Franklin. Uh, you know, he's got that Franklin bloodline in him. So uh, it, it, it was just a it was just a great great honor. We've had some we've had some wonderful athletes up there, uh, and uh, it was just it was just a real honor for me. And speaking of your home state, now I don't I don't know were you maybe advocating this yourself for years and years, but to see Kentucky football recruit your home state and, and move into Ohio. And we've seen mm-hmm. the CJ Conrads and the Benny Snells and all those guys come down from your home state. Was it something that you were like, this could have been happening long before now, or, or were you kind of glad this finally? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit different now. You know, it's like, you know, everybody was really good at holding their home territory, you know, before you got, and, and, and that's because of television and all the games being on TV and the regional sports networks. Uh, you know, in Kentucky, they just, you know, different coaches have different philosophy. Uh, you know, uh, Fran Kersey obviously recruited very heavily uh, down in Florida and, and tried to recruit nationwide. Bill Curry thought you had uh, to go south. Uh, Jerry Claiborne and some others uh, dipped their toe in Ohio. But I think part of it is is just the personal knowledge uh, that Mark Stoops and, and now uh, his brother, and of course, Vince Merrow had from playing up there, coaching up there, being up there in Youngstown and knowing what kind of talent is there. So I think more than anything uh, that, that that caused it. Uh, Ohio State has obviously gone through some problems. Uh, you know, they've been really, really good. Uh, they were good under Urban. Uh, they have continued to be great uh, under Ryan Day. Uh, obviously, Michigan. Uh, went through some ups and downs, and quite frankly, so did Notre Dame. So that left an opening for some people to come in there. And it's not just Kentucky, but other schools have come in there. But certainly Kentucky uh, has benefited from those uh, strong – you know, you can't sign everybody. you got those scholarship limits, right? It, it's like that period of time when Kentucky uh, had that pipeline down there in Georgia. You know, Georgia can't sign them all, you know. So uh, credit the staff for doing a great job. For sure. 
Now, your first year, you know, Kentucky women's basketball wins the SEC tournament in, in 82. They, they just won it here in right. 2022. We've seen a volleyball national championship, men's tennis with a runner-up, uh, rifle, soccer. It says the elevation of all the other sports under Bitch Barnhart, is it maybe at a level that you hadn't seen in your time up until this point? Oh, it hadn't. It hadn't. And, um, you know, I live over in, in Frankfurt and uh, mentioned his wife, Connie, and one of his kids and their family live here, too. And we just happened to have him over to speak at, uh, at our church last Sunday. And so I was thinking about this. Uh, one of the very first conversations I had with him at the time he got here, there were some of what you would call the Olympic sports coaches who didn't have full health benefits. So, you know, how are you supposed to uh, compete and attract the best coaches when they're basically working for a low wage and they can't even provide medical care for their family? Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the first things he attacked. And the volleyball uh, championship, I think, was uh, particularly satisfying to him. Um, you know, uh, Craig Skinner was the first coach that Mick, Mitch actually hired, first head coach he hired here. And he and his wife, Megan, are amazing people. And so to see them win that championship, uh, that, that was really something. And, and Mitch is very good about paying his people well. Uh, he's also pretty resolute that, listen, if you don't want to be here, I'm not going to try to hold you here because of contract or something. Mm -hmm. I want people who want to be here. So obviously, when you're in a position like that, uh, you're judged on what happens uh, with, with football and basketball. Uh, and, and he's had some big hits and he's had some misses and he, he owns all those. But I mean, when you look at the position he holds now, he's one of the longest tenured ADs in the country. He is the longest tenured AD in the Southeastern conference. He was the head of the division one basketball committee, uh, when they played the tournament in the bubble and were able to get it all through. And now he's in his second or third year, I think on the college football playoff committee. So uh, the respect that people uh, that are his peers and others uh, hold for him in this business is unquestioned. For sure. Got to get your thoughts on what, what, you, what you think before everything ramps up, football and basketball, you know, with the teams coming back and rosters coming together. What do, you, what do you think will happen when it is time to hit the gridiron and the hardwood? Sure. I think, I think football, they've done a really good job with recruiting, kind of reloading and doing those things. Uh, there's a lot of speculation swirling around uh, about what the future of Chris Rodriguez holds. Uh, they'll have somebody else step up if for some reason he's not there for a period of time, but that will be important. Will Levis has just played valiantly. Um, what just scares me to death as a fan, I can't imagine what his parents are like though. I mean, he just, one he's just one hit away from you know being out for a while but I, I mean the spirit and the fearlessness that he plays with it is just uh, incredible and so uh, I think if I think if those questions are answered uh, if if they can find somebody uh, to be that kind of playmaker that Wandale was I, I think they can still continue to have the level of success uh, that they've had. I think as far as Cal and a basketball team, uh, you know, I, I think everybody is just waiting to see what they got. Um, we can sit here and speculate about uh, how successful they were or weren't in recruiting this year and the transfer portal about why things have happened. 
but but I think that uh, I think this is a big year for him and for this program, and and I think it's a big year for him personally, not from a not from a pressure standpoint or hot seat or anything like that. I mean, he's a competitive guy. He's all a famer. And I think it's a big year for him uh, personally uh, to show uh, that he can fix whatever happened at the end of last season. And, and it, it's an, you know, we talked about when he got here in 2010, about how innovative he was with the dribble drive, uh, you know, social media and some other things. Uh, you know, and, uh, and, and, and Kentucky was the hot name. And I think he wants to get that back. And, and he certainly got an opportunity to do that uh, if the guys that he has assembled play the way he expects them to. But I, I think this is going to be a big year for him from that standpoint. Yeah, yeah. And we've, we've heard the speeches of Big Blue Madness, you know, you know go standard, catching UCLA. I think, too, and, and of course he's wanting it for the program, but for himself to to be the only other coach at Kentucky to have multiple titles besides Rupp, and he can he can kind of stand apart from Patino and Tubby and, and Joe B in that regard, I think that, you know, has to be some kind of fuel too. Uh, which everybody has egos and all that, but I, I No question. I can get two and nobody else except Adolf Rupp has that. I mean that would you know, that would set him apart a little bit, even for what he's done already here. Oh, sure. And, and I think he is. I think he's motivated. I don't think there's any question about that. And, and guys like him, um, they, they, they certainly don't like to be in a position uh, where perhaps they have underachieved, uh, but but they thrive on that. And and like you said, they are fueled by people telling them that they can't do something. And, and that's the gas in the tank that really drives everything they do. And I think that's absolutely the case with Cal. For sure, for sure. A couple more quick things with you, man. Sure. Tell me about the Children's Charity Golf Classic that you've been a part of for, for many, many years, bud. Mm-hmm. Uh, started back in 82 as a one-day golf tournament uh, to help uh, the uh, uh, Hearing and Speech Center here in Lexington. And, uh, you know, since that time it's grown, everybody hit a little dip with COVID, but, uh, it's raised about $16 million over the 40 years that have stayed right here in, uh, central Kentucky to help, uh, different children's organizations. We like to refer to ourselves as, uh, kind of a, uh, uh, kind of a gap organization. Uh, typically, uh, people make requests of us organizations. And we are able to fund about 30 to 35 of those requests every year uh, from everything to uh, say there's a children's organization that needs a piece of equipment, uh, very specialized piece of equipment, or uh, they want to take the kids for an educational experience somewhere. We have a committee that looks at all that, all volunteer organization. Uh, We have people from the world of sports and from entertainment that have come in for years, Doug Flynn, Johnny Bench, and Matthew Mitchell are our co-chairs, and they've just got uh, uh, in- incredible gravitas out there in their communities, and they bring some people in. It, it's just been a wonderful, wonderful thing to be a part of it and uh, to be able to help kids right here in our hometown. And that's just one of many things you've done for Bluegrass, for the Commonwealth, for Central Kentucky. So we'll transition from that right back into you know, Pat's on the back you got. I already talked about you making the Hall of Fame at your high school. You already are kind of a big deal, but nothing said you're a big deal like having <laughs> your own day 
we had Buzz Baker. Oh, stop. Weeks ago. <laughs> so, I mean. Yeah, you know, I, I just celebrated my 40th. And that adds great. People were very kind. The mayor stopped out and did some stuff. And it's just, I've just been able to work with some wonderful people. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it was very uh, gratifying calls and things that I got. I got a got a lady uh email from a lady who was, she was 92 or 96 that took time to write those kind of things are uh they're really impactful and uh, uh I, I have just been blessed beyond belief to have a, a number of people in my life uh, bosses that i've worked with other people uh, uh you know that have, that have given me guidance and uh uh, my buddy Oscar Combs is certainly first and foremost at the top of that list. I mean, uh, hardly a day goes by that we don't talk. And uh, we obviously talk a lot about UK and things like that, but we talk about a lot of other things as well. And uh, I, I've just been uh, amazingly blessed. Uh, I'm healthy. I love what I do. Uh, and I've still got kids that spend money. So I hope to be able to continue to do it for a while. I have young ones, so I, I'm, that lets me know that road will never end. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Do you they still, always come at you, palm up. <laughs> for sure. Do you still go to the to the grocery store or out in town and, and somebody's, I know you, I've seen you, I know your voice. You still get Every that. Every day. <laughs> Every day. But then, too, you know, typically, typically I will wear a, uh, you know, dark pants and a white shirt and just put a jacket on when I'm on the air. So if I go out to actually do something, you know, I, you know, somebody will invariably ask me for something. I was, uh, I was at Paul Miller Ford the other day, checking on my daughter's car and a sweet lady came around the corner and said, could you tell me where your bathrooms are? I said, ma'am, come follow me. They're just, they're just right over here. And, and when I, when I go to a particular grocery store in Lexington, uh, you know, I'll, I'll typically take a few minutes and go, after I finish uh, like our noon news. So like one, two o'clock, invariably, somebody will ask me what aisle something's in. And I always try to help them too. You yeah. know, so you got to prepare for the career after broadcasting, right? Right, for sure, for sure. Now I got a quick question about kind of a contemporary, been in Lexington for as long as you have, yeah. been in the, the print side, Jerry Tipton started right uh -huh. in the early eighties. Now, you know, I go to my granddaddy's and read to her leader and, you know, read his articles, just like I watched you on TV and listen to you on the radio, the, the same thing. Mm -hmm. But I saw John Clay's article uh, about him and I've, I've covered some games and been in some press conferences. So I just see Jerry Tipton at work, but the article kept referring to his sense of humor, sense of humor, sense of humor. I've never seen that side of Jerry. So can you, can you vouch for some funny Jerry Tipton? That's very dry, very dry. Um, you know, um, how do I want to say this? I mean, Jerry's a great guy. He's had a, he's had a Hall of Fame career. Um, a lot of really good people in the newspaper business, I think their jobs are made much tougher by the editorial pages of those newspapers. And it made it much more tougher for people that actually reported the news and didn't give an opinion. And, and Jerry was always famous for giving a jab or something like that. And, um, you know, it just became it, it just became much more challenging, I think, for him, not only from that standpoint, but then, um, you know, the way the news was covered changed when he started and came here from Marshall. 
he was maybe one of the only guys in town that was assigned only to cover UK basketball. Mm-hmm. So like it was maybe he and Oscar or whoever was working for Oscar over the cats. Balls. So back in those days, practice was open, right? So if there was a recruited practice and there was an injury practice or something, you, you know, probably the only two people that were going to get that was going to be uh, Oscar and, and Jared. And then Alan Cutler got very aggressive with that and, and made everybody better in terms of, of covering that. But, you know, like you said, you know, especially if you look in the month of October, November, we're covering UK basketball, UK football, high school football, high school basketball is just getting going. And, you know, so we're running to and fro. But then UK started closing everything down. And, and I get that a lot of schools did that, right? Mm-hmm. Then it really got closed down, you know, during COVID. And everything was done by Zoom. And you couldn't go up and ask somebody a question. It was only those people that the university brought out to be interviewed. And if there was some sort of controversy or something, they probably weren't going to bring the person out that was involved in that controversy right away. Then the other thing that happened to the print guys, I mean, I don't know when the last time you were down at Rupp Arena, they're now up there in the upper deck yeah. in what used to be the old uh, uh, hockey press box when the Thoroughblades played there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that on top of the fact that every television station, every radio station, and then with the advent of, of digital and radio entities like what Matt's done with KSR, mm-hmm. that information was going out and being tweeted out immediately. So it was very difficult, you know, easily. Back in the old days, if there was new news about something, let's say you wrote a story for the newspaper, eight o'clock at night, there was new news later. Nobody might know about it when they got the paper the next day. But now there are so many different entities that sometimes that story, which may have been breaking news or new news, would have been old news by the time it goes to print. So I applaud Jerry for, for going after it straight on. He, he never backed away from a challenge. And, uh, you know, there, there was a day back in the day when I first started, all of us, all, all the media folks used to get together. We played basketball like two, three days a week at lunch uh-huh. uh, and kind of kind of get on our frustrations. None of us were any good. But Jerry, Jerry was a good lefty shooter, good playmaker. Okay. Wow. I bet you was getting a lot of assists. I see you just distributing the rock and, and you know, dishes. I, I could shoot it a little bit. Uh, I, I could rebound. I, pl- I always played hard. I always played hard. I'll say that. Probably too hard. I was I was a fool. But it was good exercise. I, and, and when you're out in front of the public all the time, you need an outlet, right? Yeah, that's for sure. But as a, you know, 5'8 on my best day, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm there with you. So, you know, you know, try to play bigger than my size and, and rebound. Yep. And, I got you. I'm with you, Dave. I'm with you. <laughs> well, man, I can't thank you enough. Uh, appreciate you taking time out of catching your breath to hop on here and, and do this podcast. I know everybody's going to enjoy listening to it. And when it ramps back up, we'll be looking forward to hearing your coverage on the pregame shows, on WKYT, everything that you do. We've always enjoyed it. You know, Four decades, man, and, and you, you've been so gracious and, and deflecting all the praise, but you deserve all the praise you've gotten, man. And Thank you for taking time to hop on here with me, man. Danny, you're the best. Always happy to do it, my friend. Stay safe. Have a great summer.
You too. It's been another episode of Believe in Kentucky. Y'all rate, review, subscribe, and enjoy Buzz Baker on here, and we'll see everybody next week. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.